thought we were like dead on, like at the same time. No, I mean, like my clap was like, like I barely flung my hands. You were like Nicole Kidman clapping. Yeah. And I I always like really go for it. And it was just like, wow, it was sad. Uh, Okay. Well, I haven't been watching anything, like nothing. I don't know where time, what is time? It's just. It's a construct. I don't understand it. It's just here and then it's gone and I've done nothing and I don't understand. (laughs) But yeah, nothing. Mm -mm. I've been alone a lot. So between the kids working and my middle one's in a show. So this is show week. So he's been gone. And then the little one, he's, you know, he doesn't give a shit about me. So he's never around. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, let's see. Somebody had commented it in a, in a group that we're in, and I had to go check it out. It's a documentary on HBO Max called The Way Down. I had seen the things for it on my app for forever, and I was like, that looks stupid. I don't know what that is. It is crazy. I watched the whole thing, and I feel like it just stopped, and there needs to be so much more. There's so much bigger story to tell. It's this church. And their leader... Oh, is it the one with the huge hair? Yeah. Okay. She's crazy. She was an evangelist. But one of her teachings was that the only way to be closer to God was to lose weight. And every time your stomach grumbled, then that means you need to talk to God. Uh. So, like, you know, you should not eat until your stomach is growling. And even then, you should talk to God about whether or not you're really hungry. And so, like, these people, like, they were kicking people out of the church if they got fat. And it's just insane. And then on top of that, it just gets so much crazier. She marries the guy that was, like, the Tarzan on, like, the CBS station show, like, back in the 80s. And it's insane. It's insane. I cannot wait for, like, TCO to cover it because it's it's insane. <laughs> I was on a documentary kick. I watched Found on Netflix as a documentary. It's, like, an hour and a half about these three teenage girls who were all adopted from China when they were under a year. And they all went on Ancestry or 23andMe. They were looking for their birth parents or any connections to their birth parents. And they found each other and they all happened to be cousins. Like two were in the same orphanage around the same time. One was in a different one. And they just become friends like over Zoom and stuff. And then they all traveled to China to find their birth parents is what it comes down to. They hooked up with this site that's called like My Chinese Ancestry. It's kind of like an ancestry for China. Mm -hmm. And they specialize in reuniting children that were adopted with their birth parents. I just got chills. I know. And there's one girl. There's one. I mean, these are all young girls. They're like 15, 16. One of them, she's very happy with the family she has. She doesn't want to find her birth parents, but she'd like to know, you know, about more about where she was born. She wants to visit the orphanage and stuff because she's like, you know, my parents gave me up. Obviously, they didn't want me. They talk to people like they find people that then they have them do DNA tests to see if they're related. And they talk to these parents and they're saying, you know, because of the one child rule, we were living on nothing to begin with. And if we had another child there was a like a six thousand dollar penalty they had to pay and they couldn't pay it so they would just go leave their babies in a box on a busy street in the hopes that someone would find it and then take it to the orphanage and like each room in this orphanage had over 20 kids each and it's just oh it made me cry everything makes me cry but that made me cry Mm -hmm. and then um (laughs) two more things we watched night books on um netflix it's a movie i think your kids would like it it's a mix between hansel and gretel and 1001 nights where these kids become trapped in this apartment by a witch 
And she tells the kid that every night he has to write her a scary story. And so he writes a, he has to write her a story every single night. And if she doesn't like it, then she'll kill him kind of thing or eat him is what it comes down to, like a Hansel and Gretel thing. And it's it's kind of silly, but I don't know. Good kid show. My kids liked it. Hmm. And then <laughs> it's called Champagne Ill as my two favorite people ever, Sam Richardson and Adam Polly in it. And it is just dumb funny. And it's about these three friends who graduate from high school and one is going to Yale and one is going to college, but he's, you know, in love with this girl and they're, they're going to be together. And then the other one gets picked up by a music label to be a rapper. He's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm so great. Glad that you guys are all, we're all doing great. But you know, I was really kind of hoping you would come to LA with me and, you know, be part of my crew. And they're like, fuck it. And they leave everything. We got part of this guy's crew for the next 15 years. And they're, you know, living the crazy lifestyle. They gave everything up. So now they're just big, dumb idiots that just get drunk and high all the time. And then their friend dies. And then <laughs> then they have to go back to real life of that they've been just playing for the last 15 years. And it's really funny. I enjoyed it immensely. And it's not for teens, but my almost 18-year-old watched it with me and died laughing. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, we might watch Arachnophobia later, but actually that thing on Netflix... Seems like it might be a good choice, too. I wanted to watch something spooky. I think that would be perfect because it's not, like, Stranger Things scary, but it's, like, walking that line of it's kind of, like, my six-year-old was going, is this scary? Is this scary? And I was like, oh, I don't think you're going to like it. And he so he left the room. So I don't know. Well, I don't know. We'd have to see how it goes with the little one. The littler one, he's not exactly the little. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to That's So Original podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm here with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Hello. And we are talking about episode four of Midnight Mass. This episode is called Lamentations. And after I watched this, I messaged Tiffany in like all capital letters, I'm sure, Oh my God, when are you going to watch this? It was so freaking crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, you're going to start us off, Tiffany. All right. I can't remember how the rest of them start off, but not like this. This one just starts, it's kind of very quiet. It's actually a black screen and you can hear Doc, Sarah, and Aaron talking before the picture comes up. And Aaron's at the doctor's for a checkup on the baby. And they're just listening to baby's heartbeat today. And so incredibly odd is that Aaron is sitting straight up while she's doing this, like <laughs> yeah. sitting like on the edge of the bed. And then Sarah is like running the, the little Doppler over it. And I was like, make her lay back. What are you doing? Like, she is not a doctor. She's the worst doctor ever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> Aaron's just prattling on. She's just happy to be at the doctor to listen to her baby. She's talking about she'd really hope to get a chance to get a look at her today. And Doc says, her, you know, I thought you didn't want to know. She's like, well, I was hoping you'd accidentally tell me, you know, oh, no, never mind. Don't tell me. And while she's talking, Doc is kind of running the Doppler over her stomach and you see her turning it up and moving it more and moving it more. And Erin's going on about how she can't wait to get big and wear elastic pants and wondering about cravings. And you can tell that Sarah is searching for a heartbeat and she can't hear it. So she says, I think we're going to take a look. Erin says, I thought we weren't supposed to do that. That's not good for the baby. And I was like, I had weekly ultrasounds with my middle one. Is yeah, that it's... the reason why he's, he's a pain in my ass? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway, Erin is kind of thinking, okay, what's up? But she's still kind of going on and Doc's being very calm, asking about baby's movement. And I was like, I hate this because you immediately forgot if you've ever felt the baby kick ever. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody says, that, have one's the last time you feel the baby kick? I don't know. 
while she's asking, she makes a point to turn the ultrasound screen away from Aaron so she can't see. And then she's asking, have you any cramps or bleeding? And Aaron's like, I want to know the sex. Tell me the sex of the baby. So she asks Sarah, what do you see? And Sarah says, nothing. And Aaron's like, well, let me look. And she's like, no, there's nothing in your uterus. She turns it towards Aaron and it's just that. It's completely empty. Aaron is flabbergasted. Sarah says, if you were earlier long, you may have miscarried without noticing, but this would have been noticeable because we know that she's like over 20 weeks mm-hmm. now. And she's like, and had this made me mad. She's like, you wouldn't be the first person to go through this and block it out. And I was like, Sarah uh, has the uh, worst ideas <laughs> about medicine. Yeah, you just miraculously start walking again. No biggie. You might have blocked out a miscarriage. A very just, oh, stupid. Yeah. Plus the uterus is like little, you know? It's like a little uterus. It's not like one that had a baby in it yesterday. I mean, I miscarried at 10 weeks, and that was horrific. I can't imagine at 20 weeks. Like, come on. This is... mm. Aaron is immediately saying, wait, what? Miscarry? I didn't miscarry. Doc says, you know what? We're going to run a blood panel. But yeah, you miscarried. And Aaron's freaking out, screaming, where is my baby? And I was like, I want to know too. Where is it? I put in my notes, listen, Linda, listen. Because you reminded me of something you were saying the other day. Where is my baby? Yeah. It's my oldest son saying to me every time I'm like, where is this? And he's like, listen, Linda. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, okay. So over at St. Patrick's, Bev is changing the sign to read mass canceled today. So inside the rectory, poor Sturge. Sturge is not taking any of this well. He has figured out what's up. And he's standing in front of the framed article in tears. Bev just strolls in best day ever she's like how's father Serge is like i don't know i said she's all smiles like this is the best day ever i guess murdering your priest and watching him rise from the dead like lazarus is pretty exciting she says well have you checked on him and Serge said well none of us meeting him and lisa's parents wanted to get too close to him so i have no idea Cut to Father Paul in his room, and he's holding his arm out, and Bev knocks on the door, just lets herself in. She says, look at you up and about, but why are you sitting here in the dark? And she goes over to open the curtains, but he stops her and says it hurts his eyes. She says, you had quite the night, and I'm like, that's one way to put it. And hey, she's made him soup. Promise it doesn't have rat poison in it. Crossed my heart. Besides, you must be hungry from your trip, and... I'm like, his trip was like days ago. But no, she doesn't mean the Holy Land trip. The one where you rose from the dead. It takes a lot out of a person, you know, just ask Jesus. He hands her back the bowl of soup saying, I'll eat later. And he's very careful, like, not to extend his hands into that ray of sunlight. It's just so obvious what's going on, you guys. Mm-hmm. So she offers to get the doctor, but he says, no, this is a matter of faith, not science. And Bev, you've always been a woman of great faith. And she's so flattered, he noticed. And he says he wants to confide something in her. And he nods to the bed for her to come sit beside him. He says, something is shifting inside of me. It's like I can feel God move inside of me. I said, that's just the tummy rumbles from the Taco Bell father. (laughs) Bev thinks this is wonderful. And he tells her that he thinks he should be left alone for the rest of the day to pray. She gets up to leave, but before she closes the door, she turns back around and says, Dolly and Wade are good people. They can keep a secret. And Sturge, he'll be a good apostle. I think we can keep this quiet. For a moment. But Monsignor, we should show them. 
Show them who you are. If you don't think they're ready, that's fine. We can do it slowly. But think of how much it would mean for them to know their Monsignor was restored by an angel of God. And he says, yeah, it'll be in God's time. She's like, isn't everything? She just leaves in a tizzy. And he again holds his arm out towards the sunlight. And when he touches the sunlight, we see that it burns his skin. Which I thought the visual effects right there were pretty cool. Because it it like singes and then there's like a smoke blast. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then it's like bubbles. Yeah, yeah. First time he did it, I I was like, is there something moving under his skin? And then when this part, I was like, oh, he's getting burned. Okay. Yeah, I was slow on the uptake on that one. (laughs) Riley and his dad are on the most awkward boat trip. Because I think... Anything that Riley does is super awkward. Uh, yeah, like uh-huh. there's like there's the awkward <laughs> there's AA no, meetings. Yeah. There's no there's no normal things with poor Riley. So they're out on the boat. Dad has given Warren the day off, and Riley's like, "Why don't you decide why I'm here? Because it doesn't look like you need help anymore. Because you're throwing lobster pots like you're 20 again." And says, "You know, well, it's because we need to have a talk." And I was like, "Oh, here we go." So Dad tells Riley that he went to confession and. After I did my confession, Father said I needed to talk to you. And he's, and I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. And he's like, I have to tell you, I've harbored some resentment with you. I took it personal when you acted like this life, this being a fisherman was beneath you. You went out on your own. He's like, I didn't even know what to tell people when you moved away. I didn't even know what a starter was. And he's like, it's a startup. God, Dad. Ugh. And he's like, well, you see, you're acting like your blue collar dad wasn't good enough for an explanation of your job. And Riley's like, I tried to explain it to you, but you didn't want to hear about the Google machine. So <laughs> what am I going to do? Dad says, well, I resented you, but I shouldn't have. And then you did a bunch of shit and embarrassed us. And we spent all this money on your legal fees and the cost of you living with us, putting the milk jug back in the fridge empty, etc. I know I should be grateful you're out of prison, but children do want, don't do what you did unless their parents failed them. And he's like, and your mother's a saint. She's also Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, I screwed up and I want to apologize for that. He's like, and he's like, I love you. It's just hard for me to show you that when you're here farting up my spare bedroom. I just can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? We should head back. And I was like, they did no work. They were out there for like 20 minutes. Good talk. <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> well, he drove all the way. I'm surprised he didn't push Riley out of the boat out there. Like, that's what I would have been afraid of. So awkward conversations in this house. So Doc Sarah is in her office and she's got a vial of Aaron's blood. And so she puts her little name on the vial and sits it in a, in the little holder and conveniently underneath a window with the sun coming in. That's when Millie comes strolling in because Millie's all up in Sarah's business now. Cause Sarah says, mom, you're up again. <laughs> and then, so she's like, okay, let's go through it again. So she asks Millie, you know, what chores did you have growing up? And Millie gives her the quick answers. And she's like, what did you do for fun as a teenager? And she's like, booze and boys <laughs> and the uppers. <laughs> and Sarah says, um, what was my dad's name? And there's this long pause. And yeah. she's like, oh, his name was George. And Sarah's like, what did he do? And I, <laughs> I said, take care of a kid that wasn't his. <laughs> um, <laughs> And she says, he was a fisherman, and he was in the Navy, and we met a dance at a dance in the mainland. And then Sarah asks her, so who am I? And Millie says, my heart and soul, my daughter, the doctor. All right, I'm going to 
come make some tea. And Sarah's like, what the fuck? What is happening here? All of a sudden behind her, you can see the little vial of Aaron's blood is boiling in the sun. And then all of a sudden the little vial explodes. And I was like, is everybody a vampire? What's happening here? I don't like, know. Where is the baby? Is the baby inside the father? And that's why his belly's grumbling. He's like, blah, blah, blah. is the baby in there? <laughs> I don't know. Where, I don't know where that baby went. Over in errands, and she is packing up her mom's stuff. And Riley is sitting on the couch, being very supportive, as Riley always seems to be. And she grabs a framed cross stitch off the floor, and she says, "Lots of people cross stitch Bible verses, but my mom." chose a verse from Lamentations and it says look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow I mean yikes I kind of liked it (laughs) that is that is morbid as fuck man so then she tells Riley this story she's like we kept doves when I was a kid this is so freaking random my mom spent weeks building a coop outside her kitchen window when she was done she ordered a bunch of doves from the mainland and as soon as they got here The first thing she wanted to do was clip their wings so they wouldn't fly away. And she told her seven-year-old daughter that I had to hold them while she did it. Then she said, everyone gets their wings clipped at some point. So naturally, as a seven-year-old, I was curious. So I asked her, Mom, did you get your wings clipped? And she said, yep, the day you were born. What a fucking monster this woman was. No wonder Bev loved her. (laughs) True. (laughs) She says, so I'm holding this bird in my hand and it's cooing in my palm and it trusted me and something came over me and I let it go. And then she hit me. She says, no matter what I did, she always made it clear that I ruined her life. But Littlefoot, that baby saved mine. I did what I said I was going to do. I ran away. I traveled. I lived. And when the drugs wore off, I realized I had married my mother. First he was clingy, and then he was mean, and then he was drunk all the time, and then he hit me. And Riley is just sitting on the couch in tears. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. He he is really, I don't don't know, whatever this guy's name is, he is so good. His face just tore me apart. Mm -hmm. She says, but I would have stayed with him. I would have died in that house, but I woke up one day and I felt different. I felt sick, so I took a test. And when I saw that plus sign, I packed my bags and I never looked back. She saved me and now she's gone. How is that possible? Riley finally speaks. He tells her about the recurring dream he's had since he was in prison where he's on the boat and he can't find the wind or an oar to get to any place different. And when the sun rises, he's always in the same spot. He says, the more I have that dream, the more I know that another life isn't in the cards for me. I'm never getting off this island, but you... You can do anything. You always could. And Aaron asks him to pray with her. He says, sure. They hold hands and Aaron prays for mercy. She says, mercy, our sorrow is too much. And then they both say the Lord's Prayer. So they're saying the Lord's Prayer and then it quickly flashes to Father, who is also reciting the Lord's Prayer in his room while he groans and he's doubled over. And I was like, the Taco Bell is back. (laughs) He's doubled over and, and he realizes that he's clutching his rosary so hard it has punctured his hand. And then he looks at it and he licks the blood and then he starts cutting his palm open and, and sucks on the blood and then prays the Hail Mary. And I was like, oh, God. Ugh, ugh. Mm. <laughs> my, my son said, how does this Jesus thing cut his hand? And I was like, oh, it's called a rosary. Anyway, then we flash to the general store. Joe picks up the prayer that father was saying as he's standing in front of the beer case at the store because he's resisting buying a beer. He's trying to make himself not buy a beer. 
as the sheriff is just like leaning on a shelf behind him watching him being like really super rude about it then he says days young joe how's my night gonna be and i was like dick you know he's trying like I know. give him some support God. joe tells the beers to fuck off and walks out <laughs> which i'm like yeah tell him and then we see father he's leaving the rectory after dark because after dark, he doesn't get burned by the sun. Hmm, wonder what's happening here. That's weird. I don't understand. I know. He's praying as he walks out into the night the same prayer. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love guides me here. Every day be at my side to light and guard and rule and guide. He's obviously praying for the angel to come back. Mm-hmm. And because he's freaking out. So he's doing it over and over and over again. And he ends up at Doc Sarah's. He's knocking on the door late at night and... Sarah's like, what the fuck? Why is this guy always here? That's what would be my response. Like, oh, great. Father's here mm-hmm. again. Especially, <laughs> you know, not going to church. She's like, ugh. Um, he says, I was sick earlier, but I wanted to make sure to give Millie her mass. And she's like, all right. He walks in and Millie immediately says, John? They're up in Millie's old bedroom. He tells her, Sarah, let me in. She said you were feeling better. And Millie's just staring at him. She's like, how? He grabs her hand and he says, with God, all things are possible. And I was like, jot that down. <laughs> I just sent that gift to somebody today. So Millie grabs his hands and says, I thought it was a dream when I saw you at my bedside and you were so young. I thought I was still in my dementia, Alzheimer's thing I had going on. And he tells her, well, maybe it is a dream. But if it is, we're all having it. And and then he grabs her and he just kind of smiles. He says, I have so much to tell you. And they giggle and cry. And then he gives her her communion mass thing. How do you think that tastes? It's got to taste disgusting, right? I mean, it's not like angel blood or whatever that is. Blood It's going to taste like wine. I mean, wine is kind of gross. Right. In a way, but it's, it's not like, like, didn't anybody notice that the wine got thicker? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I, hmm, this wine is very tomato what? juicy. Let's. Mm. So disgusting. <laughs> so back at Aaron's, she's got her head in his lap. She says, I just realized you must think I'm foolish. You've prayed with me all day and you don't even believe any of this. And he says he understands the appeal and the comfort that she gets from thinking there's a plan. We all want so badly for there to be a reason for shitty things and for there to be some kind of comfort when we die. And she says, well, yeah, that's kind of the whole point of religion. So she asks him, okay, Riley, so what do you think happens when we die? And this really slow piano version of Nearer My God to Thee starts playing. So he says, well, I don't know what happens to the rest of you people, but I can tell you what I think is going to happen to me. And she says, okay, great, lay it on me. And he says, I think when I die, my body just stops functioning and shuts down. So I'm like clinically dead. Then my brain cells start dying and it releases some chemical. I didn't write it DMT. DMT, which is like basically some drug that makes you trippy as fuck. It's what makes you dream. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's why he says that it makes him dream bigger than he has before because this is like all of the DMT being released at one time. This is a curtain call. The dreams end all dreams. And then I stop. My brain activity ceases. There's nothing left of me. There's no awareness that I ever was, that I ever killed someone. Everything is as it was before me. And then stuff eats me, and so that's fun. And then my atoms are in the bugs and in the animals in the sky. And yeah, uh, your turn. Well, I just love because he said that they feed off them, and then finally he's serving a purpose. Yes. Oh, Oh, yes. It's always been about a purpose with Riley. So then she answers, but she answers as to what she thinks happened to Littlefoot. She says that she was never awake. All she ever knew was dreaming. She didn't even have a name. Then in her sleep... Her perfect spirit lifted up. So the special little soul 
God just sent her down here to sleep, just a little nap, a quick dream, and then he called her back. And for the first time, she starts to wake up, and she's wrapped in a feeling of love, and she's not alone. She's home, and there are people who are her family, her grandfather and her great-grandmother. And then God kisses her, and she grows up in a blink, and she's perfect the perfect age, the peak of herself. And they tell her about her mom on earth and she's happy and there's nothing but joy and love for all eternity. That is God. That is heaven. That's why we all, we endure all that we endure on this big blue sad rock. I was like, wow, accurate. And she says, I'll be there soon enough and I'll see my father and I'll see my little girl and she'll be happy and safe and I'll be so glad to meet her. And Riley just nods and says, I really hope you're right. I thought both of their ideas of what happened were beautiful. I didn't. I I know. I was cool with either one. I enjoyed them both immensely. So. Well, I was like, I have no, I have nothing. I have no Me clue. Either. I'm like, I could never come up with something that poetic. I'd just be like, oh, no. Death is like what my biggest think? fear. And so for them to break it down like that, I was like, okay, that's comforting from either way. So yeah. I'm cool yeah. with that. Okay. Father Paul is in the rectory and he's trying to fill the cruets from his flask because they're about out of angel blood. The thing is tapped out and he's praying. What's coming out is just a dribble. So there's just like the teensy spit in there and he's praying and he's got the Taco Bell girdles. <laughs> it's like the sound coming from this man's body are unholy. It's just awful. <laughs> and he goes outside and he just screams at the sky. Where are you? Why won't you come? And he goes back inside and he drinks just the couple dribbles of angel blood that are left. And as he does, Joe knocks on the door. He, so he's seeing Father, like, tossing back what he thinks is wine. He's like, I'm sorry to disturb you. He's like, oh, I had a hard day. And Father's like, you had a hard day? I fucking died, man. I, this has been a shitty day. And Joe's like, well, I'm struggling, and you're supposed to be my sponsor. You know, it's getting really weird. Joe catches sight of the newspaper clipping on the wall and looks at it and sees, obviously, that it's young Father. And he says, wow, it's uncanny. You could be his son. He's like, when I was a kid, there was a rumor that the Monsignor wasn't really celibate. And he's like, but who am I to judge, though? None of my business. And I was like, yeah, we all heard the rumor, too. It's called Sarah Doctor. What's her face? Mm-hmm. And Father kind of smiles in pain. And Joe's like, you know what? I'll see you tomorrow at the meeting. And Father says, wait, Joe, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you found strength today. I know that compulsion and hunger and I know how hard it is to fight against. He's like, come here. Come in for a hug. And I'm screaming, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Exactly. I was like, no, 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 just leave. Father grabs a hold of him and he's holding him really tight and smelling his neck. And Joe's like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm super uncomfortable. <laughs> and then he's going, what is wrong with you? Stop it. And they start fighting. Like, Joe breaks free, but he falls backward and smashes his head on the floor. And I was like, what is this rectory floor made out of? Because I feel like this was extreme. He smashed his head on the floor and blood is just pouring out of the back of his head. I think it hit on the corner of a oh, table okay, first. maybe I missed that part. But, but blood's flowing. He's twitching on the floor. He's still alive and he's awake. <sighs> and father is like, the blood's coming out and father is super into it. He comes over and gets really close and licks it. And Joe is twitching and dying as father slurps floor blood. And it's super gross. And then so gross. it goes back to like, we see Joe twitch for a second. And all of a sudden there's a quick cut. And father's got Joe in his lap and he's just got his face buried in Joe's head, eating his head. And it made me gag <laughs> like so way gross. too much. My kids watched it and went, oh my God. I was like, yeah, this is not great. <laughs> oh no, uh-uh, it was nasty. 
Okay. So apparently Riley and Aaron have fallen asleep together on her bed with no blankets, just laying on top. Aaron is in pajamas and Riley is not. <laughs> Both my kids said they didn't use blankets. Like, that's super weird. Apparently, I mean, they've obviously, like, fell asleep talking or whatever. And she says, hi, because she's been staring at him while he's sleeping because that's what we do. And he says, I had the water dream again, but it was different this time. And she's like, okay. And he says, I was on the water, waiting on the sun like I always am, but this time you were there too. And it kind of shows him that he's sitting in that little canoe and then he looks over and then, it's not a canoe, it's a boat. He looks over and Aaron's, you know, sitting on the other end of it. And she says, what do you think that means? He's like, it means I should go. Unless you want me to walk you to church. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to church. I'm going to the mainland to get a second opinion. He's like, I wouldn't blame you if you never left the house. And she's like, Okay, anyways, um, you can come back tonight if you want to. And I was like, this was just the weirdest, awkward thing. And he's like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Sheriff is at his house and he's sitting on the couch sighing heavily as Ollie gets ready to go to church. Ollie's telling him, don't worry, I'm not going to take communion. And Sheriff says, yeah, because they won't let you because you're not a Christian. And he's like, Ollie, you don't need to look for God. We already have him. And Ollie's like, cool, well, I'm going to go or I'm going to be late for communion. I gots to go. <laughs> so Aaron is on the ferry going to the mainland. On a Sunday? On a Sunday, yes, because, sure, doctors are totally going to be seeing new patients on a Sunday. I was sure. like, maybe the ER. Maybe it's the ER. Okay, maybe. Okay. All right, we're going to say it's the ER because otherwise I don't buy it. Right. So the rest of the island is at church. Everyone but father, that is. Ed comments to Riley, hey, you didn't come home last night. Everyone's checking their watches. Beth decides to go out to the rectory to check on Father Paul. The door is locked, but of course she has a key, so she lets herself in. And he is leaned up against the refrigerator with his face and his shirt covered in blood. Joe is laying dead in the middle of the floor. And she just looks around like, okay, okay. <laughs> We can handle this. She goes over to Father. He is mumbling. I don't know. I don't know why. And she says, okay, let's focus. We need to get you cleaned up and to church. And he says, yeah, about that. And then he moves his hand into the sunlight and it burns. And she's like, okay, oh, Lord. So you're going to stay here and this is what we're going to do. She goes back to the church where everyone is still waiting. And she passes Uker and Warren in the hall. And she's like, everything's fine. And she goes up to the pulpit and announces that mass is canceled. Father Paul is bouncing back from that bad Taco Bell. And actually, maybe instead, here's what we're going to do. Our dear Dolly Scarborough can lead us in some singing and prayer and we can still celebrate. So this is all fine. And she just like casually gestures to Sturge and the mayor like, come with me. So cut to inside the rectory and Bev is gesturing to Joe on the floor and saying, wrap it up in a carpet, throw it in the back of your truck, store it in one of those empty houses on the island. Then tonight, tie an anchor to it and drop it five miles out. (laughs) And Wade is like, um, The mayor's fucking face right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's Joe Colley? Uh, what the fuck? Beth slaps him and then she quotes Deuteronomy. And I don't even know what it was. Yeah, but, I didn't either. And she's like, yeah. This is Joe Colley. He's a sinner and a lech and a heathen and a maimer of children. No one is going to miss this asshole. Father Paul says something came over him. Over in the corner, he's putting in his two cents. Bev says, wait, look, 
Remember how the angels slaughtered firstborn children and how God flooded the world? Shit happens, but God has a plan. Do not think that I have come to bring peace. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus said that. So get with the program, Wade. Do you want Lisa back in a wheelchair? No, I didn't think so. Now wrap it up in the carpet. I hate her so much. I hate how she keeps calling Joe it. It just enrages me. So she walks over to Father and she asks him, do you have any guilt in your heart for what you did? And he says, nope. And Bev says, okay, so what are we all upset for? He doesn't even feel bad about killing Joe. And then Wade and Sturge begrudgingly start to wrap Joe up in the carpet. Did we notice that one, Mayor isn't wearing his glasses anymore and <gasps> yeah. Dolly Scarborough was completely unrecognizable. I didn't even realize that was her. She's not wearing her glasses. She's got her hair down. She looks like she's 20. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's her mom. Okay. <laughs> because it's the mayor and then Lisa and Ollie were sitting together and the mom was sitting up in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I was so confused. So Aaron is at the doctor, ER question mark. And the doctor ran her labs and tells her there's zero evidence that you were even pregnant. Your ACG levels are normal, and even after a miscarriage, they would still be high, but they're completely normal. Aaron's like, I had an ultrasound. I saw her move. I saw her suck her thumb. And the doctor says, your body isn't the body of someone who has been pregnant. Maybe we should get you to speak to someone in our psych department. And, I, and then it quickly flashes to Aaron back on the boat. Like She is pissed. <laughs> she, she walked out, and I was like... They just let you do that? Like, you came here saying you had a baby that disappeared, and they're like, see you later. Not going to investigate yeah. that at all? I mean, I'm just thinking of all the true crime stuff I Yeah, like, sh- you know she's going to steal and... somebody's baby, like, out of their stomach. Yes. But... Uh-huh. Okay. So, Riley goes to the AA meeting, but the rec center's locked up. He looks over, and there's the shadowy figure of father standing on the rectory porch, And he's like, oh, are you okay? I heard you were sick. And father kind of shuffles over and he says he's feeling much better. And he's like, come on in. So they're sitting together and Riley is obviously had told him about what happened with Aaron. And he says, what would you have told her? And he's like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm so sorry for your loss. He's like, all of that sounds so hollow. He's like, we can never understand the will of God. And I wouldn't presume what to say to Aaron other than that. We must trust in the Lord with our whole heart. And Riley's like, so give yourself over whether you understand it or not. And Father's like, yep, sometimes it's okay to look to the world and say why I don't understand. Riley's like, okay, well, I can agree with that. Father asked him, so how are your amends coming? And Riley's like, you know, shouldn't we wait for Joe to do that part? And Father's like, well... I've had the time to really gnaw on the matter on what's in Joe's mind. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. He didn't. I made it up. Oh, shit. <laughs> they should have had that. That would have been perfect. <laughs> and he says, Joe isn't joining us today. And Riley's like, oh, no. Did he, you know, fall off the wagon? I really wanted this to work for him. And Father's like, no, no. I saw him yesterday. He's good. He's good. He's off island to visit his sister. And don't ask because they have a landline phone and he's in a hotel on the mainland. Oh, wait, that was the Monsignor. Can't get my eyes straight. Yeah, but off island to visit his sister. And Riley's face just like, I know you're lying to me. I freaking know you're lying to me because Joe just told us that his sister mm-hmm. is dead. So they recite the serenity prayer and Riley is giving Father all the side eyes like, all of them, plus 12 more. 
Okay, we're at dinner at the Flint house, and they're talking about how packed the church was and how Father Paul brings communion to Millie every day. And wow, Ali was at church today. How incredible. God's awesome. Later that evening, Riley is in his room getting ready to go visit Aaron. Annie walks in. She wants to talk. She says, I know you've never felt like this was home. It was someplace we lived through until help arrived. Well, help is here. Look, I'm Spider-Man. I don't even need my glasses. And your dad is Captain America. <laughs> yes. He is just throwing those crab pots like he is 20 years old. Something is happening here. And I know you struggled with your faith, but God isn't asking you to have faith in something you can't see. He's only asking that you look. And Riley says, yeah, that, that sounds great. But Father Paul is a liar. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's hope. Maybe there's God and miracles. I don't know. But I know one thing for a fact. Father Paul lied to me tonight. So believe and pray for me, but please be careful. He gives her a big hug and a kiss. And he leaves. And Annie is like so confused. Well, I was super confused because like it's that one he lied about that one thing and he needs instantly like there's something wrong here. I just he thought he was lying about Monsignor, so I was like, what if Joe lied to Father Paul and said right. that he was going to visit his sister because he just like didn't want to come to the meeting or something. And so that's just what Father Paul thought. Like I, I thought the same thing. I was like, that seems like a really like weird thing to get so hung up yeah. on. Maybe he should ask for clarification if he right. was so put off by that. So at the rec center, Father Paul is pacing around and he's praying and he's begging for the angel to come back. Like an addict needing a fix. That's what it is. He's- yes. Uh-huh. Suddenly the doors open and there's Angel Man. And Father says, I'm out of the sacrament. And this creature, whatever it is, walks slowly over to the wine bottle and slits its wrist with it, these disgusting pointy nails. And then it's like bleeding into the flask, the bottle, the jar, whatever that the communion wine goes in. Yeah. Riley walks over to Aaron's house, but at the last second he stops and he whispers, his sister. And then he decides to go to the rec center. So I guess he's decided now he's going to go and ask for some more clarification. The doors open. So he just walks right on in. And there's the angel and Father Paul. Like no one thought to close and lock the door. Father Paul, he's on the floor like because he was on the floor like begging and praying for the angel to come. He looks up and says, oh. And a split second later, this thing flies straight at Riley and starts sucking blood from its neck. And Riley is just looking up at Father like, fucking do something. And Father Paul just walks over to the door and closes it. It's like worst AA meeting ever. Ah, awful. And I I know there's some really bad ones. So that's saying a lot. (laughs) Ah, so there we go. That was episode four. Episode five is so in sane i gotta stop watching ahead i think because oh my god yeah because i haven't watched it yet you gotta watch it i haven't watched it yet you gotta because um according to kelly it blew her mind completely i didn't even know she had a mind look there's there was barely one in there but whatever was left of it is i mean oh my god i thought this one at the end i was like holy shit and then but the next one i was like there are no words but it's really sad i like because i like riley and it makes me sad but oh well we'll see what happens in the next one you know he's gonna come back with some father paul shit so we'll see what happens shut up just shut up just stop talking i'm just saying he's super cute he is so i like riley and yeah so anyway if you like riley or you know if you don't it's fine but maybe if you want to tell us 
What happens when you die? Mm-hmm. I was what do you say, think happens when you die? That was exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, is that too macabre? I don't know. But sure, if you want to lay it on us, what do you think happens? My husband thinks that, like, you gain control of, like, alternate dimensions and you could just, like, be in a million places at one time and that's what ghosts are. They're, like, spirits who are, like, kind of in our dimension and kind of in another dimension. Weird. Which... I didn't... I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, whatever. He's weird. If you wanted to tell us your theories, then you could do that in a bunch of different places. Why don't you tell us those places, Tiffany? Well, you can go to Facebook or Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You can go to our website at That's So Original Podcast.com. You can leave us an email at That's So Original Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to Twitter at That's So Pod. We would love to hear from you. That would be super There or anywhere. Um, you can also follow us on Spotify, like and review us on iTunes. Where are you? We've been waiting for you. I'm going to do that that angel prayer for you people to come. Where are you? Please, please send us an email. Please send us a comment. Please send me an Instagram message. Please, please, please. please come like our please, memes. Please communicate with us in some way, please. Yes. Oh, my God, you guys. I work really hard on those damn memes. And I'm going to stop. And you're just going to get a generic still from the show like you used to. And I'm going to be sad because the memes make me happy don't don't make me do that don't make me do that and we're talk to we're, us we've only got a few more episodes left right yes how many do we have left um there's seven. Oh, there i don't eight? know maybe oh wait no you're I right there's only six yeah there's seven, seven. there's seven mm-hmm. so you're we right. gotta start thinking yep. about what we're gonna do next too so come right. on people yeah well let us know all the things in all of the places or no more means for you yeah. Yeah. What do you like about that? There you go. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week with episode five of Midnight Mass, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.